Greetings and welcome to Association Rockstars, where we hear about the journey and insights of amazing association executives and partners who are building the association industry of tomorrow. I'm your host, Lowell Applebaum, CEO of Vistacova, a company that partners with organizations on strategic facilitation, planning, and governance. And it is my absolute pleasure to kick off 2021 Rockstars with the one and only Jackie Price Osafo, MBA, CAE, the VP of Membership for the American Health Information Management Association, or AHIMA. Jackie is responsible for recruitment, retention, and engagement for about 83,000 domestic and international individuals and corporations. She's responsible for an $8.8 million budget, which represents the third largest revenue stream in membership revenue and ensuring a positive ROI for AHIMA. Some of her accomplishments include changing the membership model, developing implementing engagement strategies for new groups. She's increased membership by 97%. She's led diversity inclusion initiatives. She's developed and delivered educational training programs. And she has taken time from her schedule to spend with us today. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Lowell. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you with us. So we love to start with a, a question that is hopefully reflective of all those amazing stats uh, that you shared in the intro. We believe that everybody has superpowers, especially the rock stars we have on. You know, those things that make you different, that help you succeed, that are either innate or that you've developed. And so we just like to start by asking, what's one skill that you have that has helped you shine? Like what's one of your superpowers? Well, thank you for the question, Lola. I would say one of my superpowers is um, bringing people together. You know, I, I, I look at myself as one who is intentional about being inclusive, um, intentional about bringing the right people to the table. So when you look at all those things that I have done, they sit on my record, but it took a community to do all of those things, not of which I've done by myself. But um, I really work hard at bringing that person who's sitting on the sideline, who's got that extra skill or that quiet sort of like um, unique thing and bringing them to the table and making sure that we all shine. So. Um, wow. When I was thinking about this question, I was I was reflecting on a song that I'm absolutely in love with, and that's the Stairway to Heaven. And and that song is like 50 years old. Did you know that? Like I, know, I didn't know that. It's not going to be stuck in my head now that you said it. <laughs> it has to be stuck in your head. So so Mary J. Blige redid the song in like 2010, and and she talked about like all the musicians that they had to bring together to create this magical sound. Yeah. And um, I look at myself as a person who brings together. Um, people to create a, a magical song and that song is anything that you need to do so it's membership recruitment it's it's education it's diversity it's all those things that you just listed all below above so i look at myself as a that's my superhero it's it's yeah. music it's it's your favorite song so think about your favorite song and what it took to make your favorite song that's my superpower i could see you as a beautiful conductor of that orchestra you know the there's been a lot of discussion and hopefully greater priority given by organizations towards inclusivity efforts like you're talking about. Uh, I'm just wondering either what you've seen in your own journey or what you've seen in other organizations about how, how do you go from a place of saying like, we want to be an inclusive organization, either towards staff or to members to actually saying, actually making that real. Like what do you do, not just from an individual but organization standpoint, where have you seen inclusivity and what you're passionate about embraced organizationally? I say you have to strip away the perception of titles mm. um, because often we think that, oh, it's, you know, it's an executive decision that needs to be, you know, dealt with, but, you know, let's bring all the executives to the room. 
Uh, it's a VP position. Let's bring all those folks to the role. I'm going to tell you a recent mishap that, and, and, I, and I take full responsibility for this and something that I'm actually working on with the HEMA and forgetting to bring out customer relations folks. And when I did that, I was like, oh my God, like that was horrible mishap for me to not to bring them in because they are the front line. Like they're the folks who are gonna answer the questions. They're gonna deal with all the challenges. They're gonna deal with the concerns that the members have. So, you know, I like beat myself up for not doing that. And then I called my colleague and I apologized. I was like, I'm sorry, I just didn't think about it. But we have to bring the right people to the table. So when you're looking at creating something new or recreating something old, take away the titles. Like yeah. who needs to be in a room? Not um, because I hold this position, I should be in a room, but who really needs to be in a room? And you'll often find that the most creative people are the ones who you least expect. And they're gonna, they're, they're the solution people, you know, they're the, the hands on deck folks, and they're gonna fix those things that you hadn't even thought, of, thought about. And that's all contribute to making, the, making whatever you create great. So, yeah. you know, strip away the titles and just bring the right people to the table. I love that. And uh, I appreciate the narrative you shared was out so, so personal, uh, you know, this place of being able to recognize when we have committed an error in some way, even unintentionally, right? I mean, uh, I love the, the TED talk by uh, Sir Ken Robinson that, uh, that talks about like without failure, right? You don't create anything new, you don't get better, right? And so that, that ability to recognize when we do have a hiccup, we do make a mistake and to make the wrong right, uh, it's, it's something I think we all could learn learn from individually and organizationally. And it's, it's a great leadership skill to be able to say, I made a mistake. Yeah. You know, I failed and, um, you know, here's what I'm going to do next. Well, from that learning, you see, I mean, clearly you've had a great deal of success. Where, where did you start in the association world? How did you first get into it? I started working with the Emergency Nurses Association and uh, my, high, my high school classmate was working there and asked if I would want, be willing to come in and and stuff some envelopes like eight hours a week. I was working at a bank and I really didn't like like working at the bank because it was just not my thing. And I said, sure, you know, I'll just come in a couple days a week. And I remember meeting this gal. Her name was Gina Latier. I will never forget her. She worked on a certification. And she just put me in a room and we started chatting. She's like, so what do you want to do? And we started talking about it. She's like, well, this might be a great place. I'm like, well, what the heck does an association do? Like, what is it that they do? Yes. And doors just opened up for me. I actually started off working there as the receptionist. And I, I probably sat in that seat for nine months. And then, you know, other positions opened. And I just, I grew up working for an association. Like, yeah. although I was an adult when I started, but I grew up in this space. And I've had almost, you know, every position that you can think of. But um, just raising my hand and saying yes to opportunities. Have you seen, I mean, especially in the past year, but overall in your journey that you've had, how have you seen the association space change? How have you seen it grow or transform? I see, especially with COVID, like yeah. has has forced us to be more nimble and flexible for, 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 for those places that were very rigid who said, you know, we have to do this way. We have to stick to X, Y, and Z. COVID kicked all of that out of the window. I mean, just like it did in every single one of our daily lives, um, it showed us that we can, we can, we can thrive in disruptions. Yeah, you know, we can create something brand new um, because COVID kicks everything off the table. And um, you know, if the sacred cow needs to go, here's a great time for it to go. Uh, if there's something that we've always wanted to do and we've never had an opportunity to do, but there's potential. Here's an opportunity to do that, to do something amazing. Um, even if you think about the fact of online education, I mean, our kids are going to school 
like my nephews, they're like seven to eight years old and they're doing mm -hmm. online education. Fast forward five years ago, Lowell, none of us cared about online education. Like we had to sit in a chair, we had to be in a room brick and mortar. But right. imagine the world, what the world's gonna be like when our kids grow up. Like they've already experienced what we just are starting to experience. Yeah. And we need to shift to that. Like we need to make a huge shift and get beyond that because they're gonna do something incredible. And how do we get ahead of them? You know, how do we be prepared for them to get into work into the workforce? I love that. I, uh... I've offered to a number of executives, I've worked with uh, Zoom education lessons with my seven-year-olds who are uh, fluent in it at this point. Uh, <laughs> to boot, so why not? You know, what you're saying about like the shift that we've seen, uh, especially with last year and COVID, what's interesting is at least I'm starting to see organizations that were forced into the shift. And now that like things are starting to come and whatever that path is, are trying to like stop, right? To like, maybe not go back because who can go back in time, right? But to like the calcifications are setting back in. And I'd be interested in your thoughts on you know, this new pattern of being able to continually innovate, evolve and change. Do you think it's here to stay? Do you think that organizations are gonna revert back? Like, how do we take this as a learned lesson uh, about the need for continual updating and better? I say that if you are thinking about going back then, I'm afraid for that organization yeah. um, and those members because uh, if you are not thinking about moving forward, if you're not thinking about uh, future possibilities and you're thinking that I can stay here forever and I'm going to be able to survive, um, that's frightening to me because yeah. from an economic perspective, from a technology perspective, from from being able to provide the resources and the tools and give your members the skills that they need um, will create a gap for you if you stay in that space because their job, so even if you think about healthcare in terms of COVID, in terms of how it is fastly moving forward, let's think about telemedicine, like who was yeah. doing that, you know? And if your organization said, oh, well, we're not gonna care about telemedicine, we're just gonna stick here and we're just gonna you know, support those folks who are going to the doctor's office. No, you're gonna get left behind. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that creates fear for me. If you if you want to just sit in that space, just like, you know, the world changes all the time, and we need to change with it. And associations need to we need to be on that path of shifting and changing. And to me, I think what COVID has created is the necessity to do that. Uh, we should not wait for another pandemic. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. You know. I'll, one of the things we hope to accomplish with the rock stars is to inspire those that are growing potential, even current that want to be greater rock stars and what sort of that path of leadership looks like. Uh, and, you know, thinking about what you just said, right, about like we shouldn't wait for another pandemic to embrace this and to keep going. Uh, what do you think leaders of 2021, 2022 for our space need to look like? Like what ideals they need to embrace? Like what, what's different about being a leader now? I think uh, for me, COVID forced leaders to, um, if they weren't inspiring folks, they need to, they have to, because COVID shift our lives in terms of our personal lives and our professional lives. And that's a lot that yeah. needs to happen at one time. Like we go from our kids going to school, you know, I was homeschooling my nephew and he came, he came to like everyone in my meetings to introduce himself, even though I asked him not to. He's like, hi, I'm Jeremiah. But we had to be okay with the family being in a workspace, yeah. you know, so our leadership is going to have to be okay uh, with our new normal so that we can survive. Um, they're going to have to 
continue to push in terms of, you know, what is expected, um, what does the future look like, you know, uh, you know, what is the next the next technology for our organization? You know, what do we need to be in five years? What do we need to be in ten years? Yeah. So, in that inspiring folks, you're going to have to push, mm-hmm. and, and and be okay with the fact that um, that's now your new. You know, if you weren't doing that before, but be okay with the fact that you're going to have to push. But I think that, you know, for me, that 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 piece of uh, keeping folks together, um, looking at you know that what I call the um, there's a book out there called The Blue Ocean. Um, strategy. Um, you probably have read it because you probably have read everything. But um, <laughs> now is the time for our leaders to be thinking about our blue ocean strategy. Like what is out there in the wild and the blue that we may have thought about or that our, uh, our competitors may be thinking about and we need to get ahead of them. So um, yeah. we're going to need our, our CEOs and our executives to start thinking about, you know, what's out there in the blue and how do we get there and, you know, push us. Yeah. The, I love the intention in that, right? I mean, so much of what you're talking about that we're experiencing today came out of happenstance. Like it came out of like, we were forced to suddenly change. All right, this is how it is. But what you're describing, like the families are now part of our workspace, right? Like this, this distributed workforce is now forced upon us. I just don't, I don't believe like if we had like known this was coming, this is how we would have designed it, right? Like that there would have been different things we would have put in place. Definitely. Uh, I have to imagine. Uh, as you think about the work you do, uh, either with the membership or with your fellow staff, anything that like, as you think about for the future that you think would be in place in this new workspace that creates that greater positive that we shouldn't lose or we should be trying to create as we push ourselves to go forward? I said, let's not lose the humanness hmm. uh, of where we are right now. Um, be okay with your staff being human, yeah. be okay with the moms, be okay with the dads, because that's fueling them, be okay with that. Um, and then they will give you their best, yeah. you know? Um, and I find that to be, you know, with my staff, I say, hey, I know that, you know, you have kids. I know that. And I know that your kids are homeschooling or they're going to school. And yeah. you may be worried about your grandma today because maybe, you know, something happened and maybe someone in your family tested positive. Be okay with that. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then those times when, you know, right now, you know, we're, we're launching a new platform and, and, you know, and I'm pushing and, and I can, and, and, and that's okay because, um, you know, I am okay with you being human, with you being a mom, with you doing X, Y, and Z. So when that push needs to happen, it, it's received because I've given you that space to be who you need to be. Yeah. So if we are, if we continue to behave and treat and allow our staff to be, be, be human, they'll run a mile for you in two minutes. I mean, that's what people do. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's what I do. You know, if I'm, I'm treated, you know, you're treated well, you're respected, you run a mile for me. Yeah. Your uh, philosophies of empathy and care, I mean, shine through. Is, is this something like innately born in you? Have you had mentors along the way? Like these strengths that are so clear come out and how you describe things. Grown examples you aspire to, like how has it come about? I'll say, first of all, I was born into this amazing space. And, you know, hands down um, to my parents, and I'm going to say Isaac and Katie, they're both a deceased, but they were amazing parents, law. And I didn't know it until I became like this adult woman. But they were awesome in terms of instilling uh, just values. Uh, you know, one of the things that my mom would say, and even my siblings and I, we say it to each other, like, you're having a bad day, like, go to the bathroom, wash your face, suck it up and come back. You know, and, and for us that translated, okay, you fail, but get back up. 
Yeah. You know, you know, my father, you know, looking at our report cards and who's getting the report card. So I'm probably dating myself here, but looking, you know, at report card time and he would always ask, you know, did you do your best? And he would ask it softly like that. And he's like, did you do your best? Yeah. And, you know, I would say, well, yeah, I did my best. He said, then I'm okay. You know, so, so for me, having those, those foundation of getting back up, even if I'm knocked down and always giving my best, um, um, a foundation of things that I've learned from my parents, but I have had some amazing leaders in the association community. I mean, I'm talking to, you know, I spent a great deal of my career with Pat Blake, mm. I mean, hands down to her. I mean, she is amazing. I mean, everyone in the world knows that about her, yeah. you know, Michelle Mason, these are some folks that I can, I can count on, I can call on, you know, my current CEO, I've seen her, you know, as we go to COVID, just get up and inspire us, you know, Dr. Wilisa Wig Harris to say, hey, you know what, you know, this is tough, this is hard, but we're going to get through this. You know, when you have those folks in your space and even some of my colleagues just doing, you know, um, some amazing things and supporting me when I'm going through tough times or when I just, you know, you know, sometimes you just need to have a conversation. One of my, um, I'm part of the ASAE DELT program and a colleague yeah. called me yesterday, Desiree Knight in, in uh, DC. And she just was like, hey, how you doing? You know, I mean, we all need all of that. I mean, that all fuels us. Right. And it's not just the leadership part, but it's the part that you get, you know, from the top, from the side, from this side, from the back, from all different spaces, you know, and you need that. So yeah. I, I've had some, some, some great folks in my life and, and I'm, I'm looking for more great people, so. Well, the, uh, I love the examples of the people and the inspiration. And I think there's something very powerful in the frame of the question did you do your best? That probably could be employed from a place of empathy within our workspaces as well. Unsurprisingly, time flies when, uh, whenever we talk. I want to ask just one last question. Uh, <laughs> far into the future, when you're reflecting back on the impact you've been able to make uh, in our humble community, what's the legacy you hope to leave behind? I want people to know that um, I'm a kind person that um, I believe in everyone. Um, I believe that, that we all have something to contribute. Um, I want people to know that we should pay attention to the quiet folks who are sitting on the sideline in the room. Uh, they're important. Yes. So I, I want people to stop and pay attention to them. Uh, you know, I am uh, by nature a volunteer and by nature very caring person to what I consider the least of the, I grew up with a disabled sibling. So seeing people suffer is painful for me. So um, in the workplace, you know, outside the workplace, but um, simple, just let's be kind to each other. And then the rest of those other things will happen. You know, you'll, you'll figure out, you figure out how to get up and get back to, to fall and get back up. You know, you'll figure out how to, um, you know, that there's a lesson in the hardness of things. So, you know, if you're going through a tough moment, there's a lesson there. You'll figure all those things out. Um, but I think for me, the essence of who I am is kindness. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I love your background because like the sun above your head, you bring a, a light to our community with your kindness. I'm so happy Thank you were you. able to join us today. Well, I really appreciate you asking me and uh, I'm super excited to be considered a rock star. So thank you so much and looking forward to hearing from the next rock star. And you know what, last words, title doesn't matter. Anybody can be a rock star. We're all rock stars. So.
Absolutely. I want to thank another rock star, Amy Hager, who uh, makes all the magic happen uh, for yes. bringing amazing people and stories to our community. And for all the rock stars listening, we're so happy to have you back with us this year to join us in the many stories and people we get to meet to come. Until then, Association Rock On. Thank you.